I'm Gary Fogle, and welcome to another edition of Kentucky Sports Memories. Thank you for joining me. And before I talk about today's topic, I want to touch briefly on last week's show, which I was talking about softball, in particular the Kentucky Bourbons, who were part of the first game ever televised on ESPN back in September of 1979. But I also talked about amateur softball, especially senior softball. And in my last segment of the show, I mentioned that there were no softball leagues in Lexington, Owensboro, Bowling Green. I was talking at that time about senior softball. I had some people reach out to me and say, hey, we have, we have softball leagues in these various cities. And I guess I didn't make myself clear. I should have. That was my fault. But I meant to make it clear that there were no senior softball leagues in those areas. And um, there was even talk that Bowling Green has a large enough senior population, based on what I've been told. I don't know. I haven't looked at the census. But based on what I've been told, that they have a large enough population, they could start one. But anyway, a lot of senior softball players around the state would love to play in a league, but many of them, uh, they don't have a league in their area. Louisville has two senior leagues, but other than that, you can't find leagues in the state. And so a lot of these senior players have to hook up with a team and play out-of-state tournaments but they don't get to play in a league on a, you know, a regular basis. So that's what I was trying to point out. And uh, my apologies if I confuse some people with how I was describing that. So anyway, that was last week's show. Let's move on to this week. And this week we are talking about Caldwell County down in western Kentucky. And the reason they're my topic is because lots of schools over the history of sports have had a magical year in sports, you know, where they had, they won a championship or something happened for one of their teams, and it was really special. Well, Caldwell County had something special happen in the 1963-64 school year that would be hard to match for many schools throughout the state. Now, first of all, let's do a little geography lesson, because some of you may not know where Caldwell County is located. First of all, its county seat is Princeton, but uh, Caldwell County is in western Kentucky, as I mentioned. Uh, it is very near Lake Barkley, Kentucky Lake, the land between the lakes area, so many of you are familiar with that. It's kind of near, or very much near, Madisonville, Hopkinsville, Katie's, and Trigg County is just south of it. That's where Caldwell County is located. The 1963-64 school year, in the fall of 63, they won the 2A football state championship, went undefeated. That was the first time Caldwell County that I know of had done anything significant in sports, and really the only time since, other than 1998, they won another football state championship, but obviously that was several years later. But not only did they win a football state championship and go undefeated in 1963, that winter, the boys' basketball team, because there was no girls' basketball back then, the boys' basketball team loses only a handful of games, and they go to the Sweet 16. It's the only time in Caldwell County High School history that the boys' basketball team's ever been to the Sweet 16. So they go to the Sweet 16. So they win a football state championship for the first time. They go to the Sweet 16 for their one and only time in school history. Haven't been back since. 
And in the spring, their baseball team comes within a game of going to the state championship. They lose in the regional finals. So again, a very magical year for Caldwell County High in 1963-64. A member of that team, his name's Earl Stevens. He was quarterback and defensive back on the football team. He was on the basketball team. He was on the baseball team. And I talked to him about that magical year, 1963-64, for Caldwell County High. It was the first year for integration for Caldwell, and uh, we were pretty successful. So how many schools merged that year to form Caldwell County High? Uh, just, it was two. It was uh, Caldwell County High School and then uh, uh, Dotson High School, which was uh, the black uh, high school that they had gone to the state tournament in basketball uh, the year before. We had, they had... Uh, Greg Smith, who went on to, and and uh, Greg and Dwight, the Smith brothers, who went to Western, and uh, of course, of course, Dwight had signed with the Lakers upon graduation, and but he was killed in an automobile accident, and then Greg uh, went on to play for Milwaukee Bucks uh, with Oscar Robertson when they won the NBA championship. Uh, Greg. Uh, was a senior with me, but uh, Dwight had, was a uh, he he had moved on to Western when we integrated. He knew he was oh, uh, so he never played that year, the sixty three sixty four year. No, uh, Dwight had gone on to Western, but uh, Greg did. Greg yeah. played uh, played football. The basketball coach told the football coach, "says We'll let him play if you don't get him hurt." <laughs> <laughs> so, was there any issues because that was the first year of integration did everybody get along well or were there any problems when you merged no athletes uh, those teams? of course we it's a small town uh princeton is and uh you know we knew everybody and, and uh of course we played against one another and uh but no there was no there were no problems uh in 63 64 we were all we all got along really well there was no so, no problems at all. Friends and, and still and still friends. Well, and you know because you merged the black school with the white school, there were no racial issues. No, no. At what point in that football season did you realize we're going to be pretty good? You know, that that's it's strange, but uh, we just it's it, I know it's a cliche. And in 63, they hadn't been playing the state championship that long. And his kids, the coaches probably were, were getting nervous about it. But we, we just, uh, were lucky. Uh, uh played one game at a time and, and didn't really know. I didn't really realize looking back that what was going on. Uh, of course, like I said, the, the playoffs had only begun a few years earlier. And uh, we just didn't, you know, who who do we play next? That kind of stuff. And until we got to, uh, we were getting ready to go to Lexington. Uh, we were we were fortunate; didn't have anybody hurt. Uh, uh, the year before in sixty sixty two team uh, might have been a better football team, but uh, we had a couple people got hurt, missed missed some games, 
but uh, it, it's, it's strange how it, how it developed, really. Well, you're, you're right about playoffs not being around because the playoffs didn't start in Kentucky High School football until 59. Yeah. So yeah. by 63, that was only, what, the fourth year? Yeah. Uh, 59, 66, 66, it's the fifth year of the uh, playoffs existing in Kentucky. So you all never thought about, hey, we're pretty good or we may win a championship. That never crossed your mind until you got deep into the season? Right, right. And uh, realized we had an undefeated, you know, we hadn't been beat. We beat Mayfield, we beat Purdue Tillman, we beat Hopkinsville, beat Madisonville, you know, Franklin Simpson, Bowling Green. And uh, it was just, it's, it's just magical how it happened. Uh, then, then we get into the. I guess when we got into the playoffs, playing um, Orangeburg Catholic and 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 then uh, uh, Lexington Lafayette. Of course, that was when uh, President Kennedy was assassinated. And uh, they, I think Lafayette had had uh, come down and were spending the night. Uh, Thursday night in uh, Hopkinsville, and then of course he was assassinated that Friday, and uh, there was a lot of concern. Of course, we didn't realize it, but uh, the coaches and administrators were talking about postponing the game, and plus it had rained terribly down here, and uh, the field was was uh, extremely muddy. And uh, but they would talk about postponing it because of the assassination. But it was determined that we go ahead and play, and uh, it was it was tough on everybody. But uh, you know, as one our basketball coach had always said, you got to when you come in the gym, you got to leave everything else outside. And and uh, we were able to leave everything outside the walls of the football field and, and go ahead and play the game. Bob Swisher who was a Channel 6 newsman. Of course, Lafayette was ranked number one. And we were ranked number two in the state. And uh, somebody, we beat them 25 to nothing. And uh, Swisher said on the Channel 6 News, Paducah TV, said that a lot of people said it would have been a different game had the field been dry. And he said, yeah, it would probably been 50 to nothing. <laughs> we had a good team. We had a good team. Tell you another interesting story that would never happen today. And today, okay. in the in the uh, Orangeboro football game, I got knocked out on defense <laughs> trying to make a tackle, and uh, got blocked and flipped over and got hit in the back of the head and got knocked out. And I was when I woke up in the in the hospital, and then of course. The next game was was uh, Lafayette, and I played in it. I was knocked out for over an hour. <laughs> if that happened today, your season would be done. Yeah, probably so. Are you going to yeah. undergo several tests before they ever oh, put yeah. you back on the oh, Yeah, now they just you know, back then you know you know if you're you can walk you you went ahead and play, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was funny, but we had a good time. We had a good time. Good memories.
you go on to win the state championship, what was the city of Princeton like and the county like after that? Everybody was everybody was excited, uh, even the people from Fredonia, who that's a small community in the western part of the county, which later consolidated. Uh, uh, I think I think they, we consolidated with them in the early seventies, maybe. But and uh, we came back after the football game. We played on. Uh, I think well, we played on Thanksgiving. And uh, that was a Thursday, and we had to get up that uh, Friday morning, get on the bus, came back to town, and we played a basketball game that Friday night. It was uh, <laughs> me and uh, see me and Scotty Edwards, who was our running back. Uh, of course, Greg, uh, Greg Smith, Marvin Copeland was another. Played the wide out and. Uh, we played basketball, played basketball game that that uh, that Friday night. I remember I got in the basketball game and instead of uh, first time I touched the basketball, and instead of dribbling, I just took off running with it about four steps before, before I realized I needed to dribble. <laughs> uh, it was it was funny. Well, speaking of basketball, we'll hear from Earl Stevens about the magical basketball season they had that year, the 63-64 school year. Again, the only year Caldwell County has gone to the Sweet 16 in boys basketball. We'll hear about that when we come back. Stay with me. I'm Gary Fogle. You're listening to Kentucky Sports Memories. I can solve difficult problems for a Fortune 500 company. I can run a successful business. I can manage your home improvements. I can publicize your message. I can motivate your audience. I can put my military experience to work for your company. I can teach your children. I can boost your bottom line. I can add value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee. But I can't put my skills to work for your organization. If I'm not given the opportunity, if you don't recognize my talents and ability. If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open mind and a workplace that's open to everyone. If you don't realize that America works best when everybody works. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? You can remember that it worked. It's what people can do. It's what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at whatcanyoudocampaign.org. I'm Gary Fogle. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories and we're talking about Caldwell County High School and their magical sports year of 1963-64. They win a state football championship in the fall of 63. They go undefeated. Then in 64, the basketball team goes to the state tournament for the only time in school history. We talked about football in the last segment with Earl Stevens, who was a member of the football team, a quarterback, and defensive back on that team. He also played basketball. So we pick it up from there as we talk about the basketball season that year. 
did you realize right away, hey, we're going to be pretty good in basketball too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we knew we were going to be good in basketball because of the, the previous year that, that Dotson had had, previous two or three years, really. Uh, I think they had been in the state tournament uh, the previous two years, won the region. Uh, and uh, so we knew that, that the basketball team was going to be pretty good. Did you feel any pressure but based on the fact you knew you had a lot of talent? Oh, uh, you know, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids don't, they don't, we didn't, we didn't, we just went and played. We beat, uh, and the regional tournament was held at uh, uh, West Hopkins, and, which is which was a county school in Hopkins County and at a place called Rabbit Ridge. And uh, we played three games over there and beat everybody by 20 points. So we knew we knew the basketball game team was going to be good. Then we went to, uh, of course, in the state tournament, the Breckenridge County with Butch Beard beat us on the last second shot in the quarterfinals of the state tournament. Uh, it was that was that was tough to get beat like that. And the camaraderie we had with 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 our team and. And uh, it didn't matter. And, and and still today, we, you know, we try to. I know we had one of our players die a few years ago, and uh, Harry Bird, who was a starting forward, and a, you know, lifelong friend, and uh, Greg Smith, who lived in, who lives in uh, Portland, I believe, Portland or Seattle, and he made the trip back for that funeral and so that's you know that shows uh, the type of friendship that we all had for one another and the love we had for one another it was it was a, a special year two things of note from my conversation with earl stevens there first of all you heard him mention dotson high school as i talked about at the beginning of this show dotson high school the all-black school there in princeton which is the county seat of caldwell county And prior to that school year, there was segregation. All the blacks went to Dotson High School and the white kids went, or in that part of the county, went to Caldwell County High. And in the 63-64 school year, they consolidated them, they merged them. And that was one of the reasons Caldwell County was so good athletically because they combined the athletes from both of those two schools. Dodson in the previous year had gone to the Sweet 16 in basketball. They had made it to the quarterfinals, won their opening game in the Sweet 16, and then uh, lost in the uh, quarterfinals, which is, of course, their second-round game. So players coming from that team had been to the state tournament before in boys' state tournament play. One of those players is a guy you just heard him mention, Greg Smith, very talented athlete, and uh, Greg went on to be a star at Western Kentucky University, and he went on to play in the NBA. And Earl mentioned that Greg now lives in the Northwest. He said Portland, Seattle. He wasn't really sure what actually is Portland because uh, that was the last NBA team Greg played with. He retired from the NBA, and he just stayed in the Northwest area, stayed in the Portland area. But anyway, I talked with Greg Smith, a superstar athlete, about the merger from going from his all-black school, Dotson High School, over to Caldwell County for his senior year. So I guess 
my first question is, I know you were you were quite the basketball player, but I understand you played football as well. Oh yes, that was uh, yes, I did, and um, uh, it was an honor to do that because um, we had. Not, I always wanted to play football, but we didn't have it because that was during the, the days of less integration. So when we integrated in '63, a lot of guys had an opportunity to get out there and play football. To what position did you play? I was the end. I always tell I was I was in the bench and guarded the water bucket and tackled <laughs> anybody who came by. So I played three positions. So you're telling me you weren't much of a football player? You know, I wasn't bad. Uh, we had another guy who was real good, was Marvin Copeland and Scotty Edwards. When we integrated, those two guys took on a starting role. And if you look at the rec, we went uh, totally undefeated that year, and we won the state for double-A uh, football team. So we were good. I played in about eight of the 16 games or something like that, but uh, the fact was – they didn't want me playing much because I was going to be doing the basketball thing in a few weeks after the football season ended. So didn't want to get injured, and so uh, they were really nice about that. So did you enjoy football? I loved it. I enjoyed it a great deal. But I, we, we, I, I came out there was my senior year, so there was no uh, opportunity to go any other way. And when I finished at Western, there was an opportunity to look at the Dallas Cowboys because they came up and they wanted to take a look at basketball players and put them in that uh, safety position because of the height and the ability to be have vertical and lateral move, movement. So uh, they took a look at me, and that was about it. As you heard him say, maybe not that much of a football player, but, of course, he had never played before. Dodson High School, his previous school, didn't have a football team. So his senior year, when they merged with Caldwell County or consolidated with them, is the first time he got the chance to even play football. But he talked about how they kind of – protected him so that he could be ready for basketball because that was his main sport. And he helped that team go to the Sweet 16 that year in the in the spring of 1964. So pick up our conversation with him from that point when we come back in our next segment. More with Greg Smith coming up in just a moment. I'm Gary Fogle. This is Kentucky Sports Memories. of owners that are stressed because their pet isn't behaving the way they expect it to. Usually this is just a training problem, but sometimes the pet isn't a good match for the owner. It's important to be honest about your expectations and to educate yourself about your pet's needs before you take them home. If you have a rigid schedule, a dog might be a good fit since they usually thrive in a structured environment. But if your schedule is always changing, a cat would probably be a better choice since they're a bit more self-sufficient. And you should learn about your individual breeds and their behaviors. A large, active dog usually is not a good choice for an apartment, and pets that shed probably aren't good for people that like their homes to be spotless. Remember, the more effort you put into choosing your pet, the less effort you'll have to put into keeping them as a valuable member of your family. Gary Fogle, welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories. We're talking about Caldwell County High School in this show, and we're talking about in particular 
the 1963-64 school year. Uh, that year they had consolidated with uh, Dotson High School, the all-black school there in Princeton, and uh, qu quite a few very talented athletes combined in Caldwell County that year to uh, really make some noise in high school athletics. They won the state football championship, their first ever. That was in 1963, and they go undefeated to win the state football title. And then in the uh, spring of that year, the 64 year, they go on to win the regional championship in boys basketball. There was no girls basketball at the time in boys basketball. And they go to the Sweet 16 for the one and only time as far as boys go in uh, Caldwell County High School history. So I've been talking with Greg Smith, talk with him a little bit about football in the last segment. Basketball was his main sport. Let's talk to him about basketball. and Let's pick up our conversation. Well, so uh, you, you win the state championship in football, then you move on to basketball, and you had quite the year there where you go to the state tournament for the only time in Caldwell County school history. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, our basketball team previous to that, we, we were at Dotson. We had gone to the state the year before we went there and got knocked out my sophomore year. We did well in my junior year and wound up going uh, again, like you said, in my senior year in 63-64. So we had a lot of good ball players: Harry Bird, uh, Earl Stevens, Scotty Edwards, Marvin Copeland, uh, just a whole slew of really good, good ball players. And so uh, we put ourselves together like we did uh, with the football team, got a lot of wins, got a lot of wins. So uh, it, that was a good year. With the consolidation of your school, Dotson, with Caldwell County High, did did everybody get along well that first year? Was there any problem? Perfect. It was perfect. No, none. It was it was it was a perfect storm. Uh, we had developed relationships throughout the two or three, four or five years um, of my gr growing up to go from a young person to become a, um, a senior. We played basketball. Uh, on outdoor courts, and we played uh, together. And we would go down to Caldwell County. They had an outdoor court on the outside of the school, and we would probably meet up there every afternoon and play some games. Uh, like I said, guys like Harry Bird, Earl, um, and all the rest of Harrison, who would all, you know, play together. And, and so we had a, a good relationship. And a guy like you mentioned, Harry Bird, he, he was at, before you guys consolidated, you were opponents on the basketball court because you were at one school and he was at another. But as you said, during the summers and the off season, you guys played together all the time. All the time. And then we knew each other quite well, but we never played against each other because integrated wasn't much of a uh, integrated basketball at that time. So you were playing against schools that were all black schools. For the most part. And then of course the change, but we never played against Caldwell County um, that I can recall. In my junior, in my junior year, and then we integrated my senior year. But when you were at Dotson and it was an all-black school, and you were playing right. mostly all other black schools, a lot of the other schools that had white students wanted to play you because you guys were so good. Correct? Well, we were good. Uh, I think that just you just want to go up against a better ball club uh, in a lot of cases, but. Uh, we were pretty good. My brother Dwight, as you know, was was outstanding at Dotson, and you know, we didn't play uh, um, against uh, schools, predominantly black schools, in like Providence, Madisonville, 
Hopkinsville, at Attucks. Um, um, those were primarily the schools that we played against. So you uh, you have a, a good season for uh, basketball that year at sixty three sixty four. Go to the state tournament. That's that's quite a special year to win a football championship undefeated, and then go to the boys sweet sixteen for the for the only time in Caldwell County school history. Right, it was, and we wound up losing to Breckenridge County, Butch Beard, and and strangely enough, Bush and I talked with each other about once or twice a month. Um, and we reminisced a lot about the, those days of the 60s, and it was fun. It was a, a good good thing for us all to be a part of. You go on and played college ball at Western. I assume you had the opportunity to play other places, correct? Yes, I, I, I did. I had scholarship offers from other schools and, and, and places like that, but I wanted to go to Western and be with my brother, Dwight, Clint Haskins, that we had you know, grown up and had a common bond with each other. And you have to go somewhere where you're going to be, at least have someone that knows you and someone that can relate, that you can relate to in learning um, how to deal with next level of education, next level of basketball. It's great to have someone to be your tutor as you go forth. So, but I, I was wanting to follow my brother regardless of where he went. Gotcha. Then after Western, talk about that. After West, I got drafted. Believe it or not, right. six foot five, two, two, barely two hundred pounds by the Milwaukee Bucks. They took me in the fourth round, and uh, I was excited about that, of course. And and uh, I think the one a lot of the a lot of the reason for that was a couple of All Star games that I had a chance to play in and played very very well. And uh, they kind of liked what I was doing at, at my level, at my height, and so they drafted me, like I said, in the fourth round. And I was really really excited about that. So um, you wrapped up your career when? Uh, in '75. I got you. Put the with the Blazers. Right, right, and so you wrap up with the Blazers in '75. You you should have took, stuck around two more years because they won a championship in '77. <laughs> yeah, that they. Well, I won the championship in '70 '71 season with Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that you were still with them. I thought you had been, you had moved on to Portland by then. So. So you were with Lou Alcindor at the time. Yes, Oscar Robertson, Bob Dandridge, John McLaughlin, and, of course, Kareem prior to him changing his name. Right, exactly. Along with his religion. Yeah, I didn't realize you were still with Milwaukee at that time. So, yeah, uh, he had not not changed his name to Kareem at that point. He was still Lou Alcindor. Um, Exactly. And I I believe that was his rookie year, correct? No, it was his second year. The second year. His first year, we lost to the Knicks in a real close series in his first year. And in second year, we get we get Oscar, who became, you know, the, the, how great he was. And so right. We had him to run the team and, and put us in where we needed to be at a certain time. He was just, just an awesome player to play with. So you wrapped up your NBA career in 75 in Portland, and you decided to stay out there. You're still in Portland today, correct? Yes, I am. I uh, I am. I uh, joke around and tell people I didn't have enough money to move out. So uh, <laughs> I stayed. Just, just kidding. No, it's a wonderful city, and um, I had a great relationship. With a lot, met a lot of people that um, that made me comfortable about living here, and so that's uh, so I decided to make Oregon my home. How often do you get back to Caldwell County? You know, I try to get back every year. I've missed the last 
this is my second year not going back, and with this CB19 thing going around, it's it's going to keep me from going there. You know, I'll probably be there in 2021, but I don't think I'll be there this year at all. Do you stay in touch with a lot of those guys you played ball with in high school? Yep. Yep. In high school, yeah. Uh, I don't not as much as was Harry um, and, and Errol are, are the guys that I've spoken to more often than most. Uh, keep in touch with a lot of my pro ball players. Because we have several that live here when I played for the Blazers. And so, it's, you know, it's just, yes, I do. As you can imagine, Greg Smith had a stellar career at Western Kentucky University in basketball. Obviously, that's the reason he got drafted to play in the NBA. And after I had that conversation with Greg Smith, I got a text message from Earl Stevens, Smith's teammate and the guy you heard from in the previous segment. And he said, Gary, by the way, just want to let you know, the worst call in NCAA basketball history is when they called a foul on Greg Smith an NCAA tournament game against Michigan. It was a jump ball situation. They called a foul on Greg against Cassie Russell, who played for Michigan. And according to Earl, the worst call in NCAA tournament history. So, of course, I had to call Greg back, and I had to ask him about that. It's so funny. I was thinking about that play this morning for some strange reason. It's part of my thought process today. And I can't believe you're asking me that question. I was like, I was thinking about it. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of surprising. It was called, I was pushing, shoving Cassie Russell. And uh, Oliver, I think got me Oliver Darden, who was center for them, screamed out, he's pushing, he's pushing, he's pushing. And the, and the emotion of the game, because he was very close, just blew his whistle and said, you were pushing. He fouled Cassie Russell. So the All-American, and it was so strange that Kazi Russell and I, during that whole process of time when we were in the NBA, he kept telling me, "Greg, you know you pushed me. You know you pushed me." So we always had a, a running joke about that for the years that I played against him over the, for seven or eight years in the league. So uh, was it a horrible call? It was a horrible call at that time. It was. I, I you know, it's a jump ball, and um, we got the tip. And um, and I was blocking Kazi Russell. Uh, I remember doing that, but I was not pushing him as as they stated, and uh, I just couldn't. It's a hard one to define. And had you won that game, you would have faced uh, Kentucky in the rest run. Exactly. That was uh, that was uh, been would have been historical, of course, at the time because the SEC and OPC did not play against each other and. But years later, Western did have an opportunity to go up against the University of Kentucky and, and, and won that game. So uh, a day late and a dollar short, but we still got a chance to play Western because, as you know, that there was no uh, SEC didn't play anybody except top-ranked schools in the SEC and other places. But never would they play Louisville or Western or Eastern, any of the uh, college uh, in, in the state itself. They just looked honestly looked down on us, and that was uh, was a uh, pretty hard pill to swallow. So whenever we had a chance to play against, I think, University of Kentucky, they think of that these days. I want to touch on just a couple of things before I wrap up this segment. You heard both uh, Greg Smith and Earl Stevens mention that 
back in the fall of 1963 when they merged those two schools, Dotson, the all-black school there in Princeton in Caldwell County, and Caldwell County High, which was the all-white school, that they never had any issues, no, no race relation problems. Everybody got along great. And as far as the athletes in particular, the basketball players in particular, they say a major reason is because they had often played with and against one another in the summers and at other times outside of school, so they knew one another really well. And you heard Greg Smith say, which I didn't know until talking with him, that Caldwell County and Dotson, even though they were both right there in the same county and very close to one another, did not play in the regular season because back in those days, many of the all-white schools and the all-black schools did not play one another. The white schools played against those who either were all-white or predominantly white, and the black schools did the same with playing against players with all-black players or predominantly. Now, Dodson did end up playing against some other schools outside of Caldwell County that were predominantly white or all-white just simply because those schools wanted to play against good competition. So they took on Dodson, put them on their schedule because Dodson was a traditionally good school year in and year out as far as basketball goes and had been to the Sweet 16 that year prior to merging with Caldwell County High. But anyway, they got along great, as according to both of those guys. And another thing of note, you heard Greg mention his older brother, Dwight. His brother, Dwight, also an outstanding basketball player, also drafted by the, uh, into the NBA, drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers. But prior to going to the NBA, Greg and his brother, Dwight, and a sister of theirs were in an automobile accident and apparently it was raining really hard. They were on a slick road, the car overturned, and unfortunately Dwight and the sister were both killed in that automobile accident. Greg was the only one who survived, and, and Earl Stevens says that it was just a, a tragic time in Caldwell County history, that Smith family was beloved, their parents were very well liked, very well respected. He said they were great people, and it was really a difficult time for everyone and obviously had to be a difficult time for Greg because he lost two siblings, his brother Dwight and his sister in that automobile accident, which he survived, and as you heard him say, went on to play in the NBA for both the Milwaukee Bucks and Portland Trailblazers. So I'm gonna wrap it up there with, um, on a sad note, uh, unfortunately, for this segment. And as I come back, I'm going to look at other successes that have taken place at Caldwell County High. So even though they won the football championship in that fall of 63 and went to the boys' sweet 16 that year as well, that's the only time the boys' basketball team's ever gone to the sweet 16. The girls' team has been. We'll talk about that coming back in the next segment. And they've also won another football state championship. And they've also had an outstanding quarterback who uh, sits atop uh, at least one record, one very significant record in Kentucky high school football history. So we'll talk about all that as far as the Caldwell County history goes in sports, and we'll do that in the next segment when we come back. Stay with me, more to come, and I will see you on the other side of the break. I'm Gary Fogle. You're listening to Kentucky Sports Memories. Stay with me.
I can solve difficult problems for a Fortune 500 company. I can run a successful business. I can manage your home improvements. I can publicize your message. I can motivate your audience. I can put my military experience to work for your company. I can teach your children. I can boost your bottom line. I can add value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee. But I can't put my skills to work for your organization if I'm not given the opportunity. If you don't recognize my talent and ability. If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open mind and a workplace that's open to everyone. If you don't realize that America works best when everybody works. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? You can remember that it worked. It's what people can do. It's what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at whatcanyoudocampaign.org. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories. I'm Gary Fogle. Thank you for being with me. And in this show today, we're talking about the 1963-64 school year. What a great year for Caldwell County. When the football championship go undefeated in the state, they go to the Boys Sweet 16 for the only time in school history. And in baseball, they go to the regional finals, so they miss making it to the state tournament by just one game. In this last segment, I did want to touch on a few other things in Caldwell County history because I, th I think they're worth mentioning. I do want to mention that the girls' basketball team has been to the state tournament multiple times, so a uh, shout-out to them. And in football, they did go on to win another state title in 1998, so they have two state titles under their belt. Elijah Sindelar is a former football player, former quarterback. He graduated there in 2015. And he was a four-year starter at Caldwell County, and he is the state of Kentucky's all-time leader in touchdown passes. Through 144 of them for his career, that's 11 more than second place. So a shout-out to him. He went on to play his college football at uh, Purdue. And one last thing I would like to mention is a young lady by the name of Emma Talley. Emma graduated from Caldwell County in 2012. Her she was a golfer there. In her freshman, junior, and senior year, she won the individual state title for girls golf in Kentucky. Her freshman year, her junior, and her senior. You'll say, well, what happened her sophomore year? Why didn't she win it that year? She actually finished the state tournament with the lowest score but she inadvertently signed an incorrect scorecard after signing it, realized it, turned herself in, and disqualified herself from the tournament. So even though she had the best score, she disqualified herself, and the second-place finisher was crowned the champion. So pretty noble, honest move for her. They say golfers are the most honest athletes, and she did something very honest there. So I wanted to talk to her briefly about that experience of her sophomore year of turning herself in and disqualifying herself where she would have been a four-time champion in the state of Kentucky in girls golf. But that was her sophomore year. Here's what she had to say. So did at any point in time, did you think, maybe I won't bring this up and maybe nobody will notice. No, not at all. I mean, I had my parents there, and um, in golf, I mean, that's what it's all about is the honesty and integrity of the sport. And 
Um, as soon as it happened, I knew what I was supposed to do, and it never crossed my mind to do anything different. My dad is the one that actually figured out that it that my score was wrong. So, um, and at that point, I mean, yes, it was a state championship, but when you when you when I signed the incorrect scorecard, it it was a no brainer. So, who had written the score down incorrectly? Both of us, my me and my the score, um, who. I'm actually really good friends with her. Um, we played all through high school golf and then college golf, and now she's a coach at um, uh, the assistant coach, assistant coach at Houston. So it was just a complete accident. We both wrote down the score wrong. We had gotten I had a chip out behind a tree. Um, yeah, and I had won by so many strokes. We just forgot, and we, we messed up. <laughs> well, that was my question. How many strokes did you win by? I believe I would have won by eight, and I signed for nine, I think. So it really made no difference. You would have won either way. Yes. But you just thought the ethical thing to do is turn myself in and disqualify myself because I signed off. Did did any of the officials say to you, you know what, you would have won anyway, we're still going to name you champion? No, because that's not what golf is. I mean, um, people all the time, we have to call penalties on ourselves because there's no reps. So that's just how golf is played. And um, no, of course not. Everyone knew that that, those are the rules. So um, that's kind of what happened. What did the second place finisher who ended up being the champion, what did she say to you? We were good friends as well. Um, she obviously tried to give the trophy at the end of the day, and I was like, no, it's yours. I put the rules of the rules. And she was a great champion, and she went on to play at LSU. So um, great girl, and I was happy that if I wasn't going to win, that she she got to win. Well, it's uh, pretty interesting and admirable, and you were a three-time state champion in Kentucky High School golf. Should have been four time. Does that ever, ever gnaw at you at all, or is it just something you, you don't think about it? Really? I mean, yeah, no, not really. Um, as much as, as I would have loved to win the state championship four times, uh, more people talk about that than they did at the, the other three. So, like I said, it was just the right thing to do, and at the end of the day, I'm I'm happy with my decision. There's an old expression, nice people finish last. Well... Maybe not so, because after her high school career, Emma went on to the University of Alabama on a golf scholarship, and while she was there, she won an individual title, an NCAA championship as an individual title. She has also won an amateur title, a U.S. amateur championship. She's one of only five people to win a U.S. amateur as well as an NCAA individual title. So congrats to her. She has gone from there to play on the Ryder Cup team, and since 2018, she has been on the LPGA Tour. So she is playing golf at the very highest level as a professional. So she is doing quite well, and we wish her the best. Emma Talley, a 2012 graduate of Caldwell County High. So wanted to touch on those in this segment just because I think they are significant and things other than what happened in that 63-64 year, which was very special for that school and its athletic program. That'll do it for the show this week. As always, I thank you for joining me. If you have ideas for a future show, please reach out to me 
you can go to my website, KentuckySportsMemories.com. There you click on the contact page and you can get in touch and let me know what you're thinking. And I may take some of your ideas and pursue them for a future show. Also, if you've missed a show in the past on that same website, you can go there, click on the Archives tab, and you can listen to past shows, something that you may have missed. Anyway, that'll do it for the show this week. Again, I thank you for joining me. I'll be back with you next week at this time. Hope you will tune me in. Until then, I'm Gary Fogle. This is Kentucky Sports Memories. I thank you for listening. of owners that are stressed because their pet isn't behaving the way they expect it to. Usually this is just a training problem, but sometimes the pet isn't a good match for the owner. It's important to be honest about your expectations and to educate yourself about your pet's needs before you take them home. If you have a rigid schedule, a dog might be a good fit since they usually thrive in a structured environment. But if your schedule is always changing, a cat would probably be a better choice since they're a bit more self-sufficient. And you should learn about your individual breeds and their behaviors. A large, active dog usually is not a good choice for an apartment, and pets that shed probably aren't good for people that like their homes to be spotless. Remember, the more effort you put into choosing your pet, the less effort you'll have to put into keeping them as a valuable member of your family.